Well, good morning, Oakwood. Glad you're here as uh, we are having part two of a series we started last week called The Way. And uh, last week, uh, it was great. We actually learned uh, in the book of Acts that the followers of Jesus were actually called followers of the way. And they got that uh, from John 14, John's gospel, uh, when Jesus was in the upper room of the disciples, where he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And from really from that point forward, until they started uh, calling them Christians in the book of Acts, uh, the believers were called followers of the way. And as we're going through this series, and, and really beginning today, we're going to talk about how how do we follow the way? Well, what do we, what do, we do to actually live our lives as a people of the way? And uh, just a great, great time to uh, be a part of the, the fellowship here at Oakland. We just trust that you will uh, receive uh, the message and the service of blessing to you today. It is Father's Day, so just want to say happy Father's Day to all the dads out there. Um, the dad's joke uh, video at the beginning, um, I, I did not realize that I told dad jokes till I saw that video. And so I, and I have four of those that I've told many times in my life, so um, I guess I can relate to that. And I, and I suppose if you asked my uh, children, my uh, three daughters, that they would say, yeah, dad does dad jokes. But I just like jokes with like a little bit of cheese on them, you know? That's, that's all it is. And so, but uh, seriously, if you're a dad here this morning, I just want to say thank you for being here and what a testimony uh, that it is. You know, as uh, we go to conferences and teachings and different uh, church circles, uh, there's many people uh, that talk about how Mother's Day is an up day for the church, that, you know, it's a, just a higher attendance day, and that a Father's Day is usually a down day for the church. And I've always thought through the years, how sad, but this morning, first service was a strong attendance, second service is a strong attendance. I think that's a testimony to dads, to fathers, and to men leading their homes spiritually and not leaving it up to the women. So thank you uh, for doing that. I just want to commend you uh, because I know you could be out the golf course, you could have taken vacation, skipped church altogether, but you're here, you're making a priority, and you're setting an example not only for your spouse, but for the next generation of the priority of worshiping God and being in his house, even in the middle of the summer, even on Father's Day, when you had every excuse to be doing something else. And so I just want to commend you and say thank you for that example um, that we need so much in our lives. So um, let's just pause for a moment today and let's just pray. Uh, just, just bow your heads and pray that prayer in your heart to the Lord. I cry out to him, believing that he'll answer it. Just pray, Lord, today speak to me. And believing that God will speak, we'll say together, amen, amen. Uh, if you have your Bibles, I want you to turn to Proverbs chapter 3. Proverbs chapter 3, that's where we're going to be at this morning. Uh, Proverbs chapter 3, if you uh, didn't bring your Bible, you want to use the one provided for you there, just turn it to page 528. 528, that's where you'll, you'll be and you'll follow along right there in Proverbs chapter 3. And as always, you're encouraged to get on your phone, get on your tablet, your, uh, your electronic device, download the Oakwood app, all the notes and scriptures uh, for the messages are on there and you can follow along. And it's really cool if you'll actually log in. Uh, you can actually take notes on the sermon in there and it'll keep them for you. So you can refer back to it. it it's a pretty cool deal uh, that we partner with the Bible app on. And so uh, be sure to uh, take advantage of that. But uh, Proverbs chapter 3, and if, if you um, are familiar with Proverbs chapter 3, and some of you that may have been a believer or a Christian for a long time, you might be one of those people like, oh yeah, Proverbs uh, chapter 3, uh, yeah, verses 5 and 6. And, and those are the verses that are probably most commonly read and, and, and taught upon. Maybe you got that when you were a kid. Maybe you um, got that at church camp. 
Um, a lot of people would call uh, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 their life verse. They would say that that was their life verse. Um, and so they base their life and build their life on it. And we're going to be talking about it uh, through the lens of Jesus being the way. And how do we follow the way? How can we actually apply this followership, this discipleship, this following Jesus, following the ways of God? Because I want you to understand this morning that there are some blessings that come with following the Lord's ways. And when we're obedient to Him, we actually uh, don't know what He says only, but we actually obey Him. There's actually blessings that come along with that life. So let's begin this morning, uh, Proverbs chapter 3, verses 1-8. through eight. And What I'm going to do is I'm just going to read through the whole passage, and then we're going to go back. We're just going to work through it verse by verse this morning. Proverbs chapter 3, beginning with verse 1. says this, My son, do not forget my teaching, but let your heart keep my commandments. For length of days and years of life and peace they will add to you. Let not steadfast love and faithfulness forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. So you will find favor and good success in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him, and He will make straight your paths. Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. It will be healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones. It's the passage we're going to be looking at this morning. Now, when I originally wrote this message, I actually had us going down uh, through verse 18. And uh, the reason that I've kind of shortened that up and sharpened it up a little bit was just for the sake of time this morning. Uh, But I want to encourage you to read the whole chapter. Uh, Sometimes the book of Proverbs, we uh, think that we can just read this verse or that verse and get a little, you know, wisdom piece here and there. And that is a way uh, much of the book is written. But in Proverbs chapter 3, it actually ties together because it talks about the blessing of obedience and following the Lord. And then it talks about the wisdom of the Lord. And that that's such a blessing to know the will of God, to know the Bible, and to know His will and His ways. But uh, let's begin this morning by just breaking this down. And we're going to go right up to uh, the top there to verse 1. It says, My son, do not forget my teaching. In other words, don't listen to it and forget you know, what, what the Lord says. It says, But let your heart keep my commandments. And it's not, he's not just talking about memory there. Like he's going to keep your commandments like I'm going to keep them in my memory. He means keep them like obey the commandments. So don't forget the commandments and let your heart keep the commandments to remember and to obey them. And look what it says in verse 2. It says, for length of days and years of life and peace they will add to you. You know, that's something I think that's missing in so many of our lives today is this idea, this concept of peace. I think that most people's lives are probably a better term to describe the state of being and lives as turmoil, hardship, hustle, busy. You know, it, it may be not even bad things, maybe it seems some good things, but you feel like peace? I'm not feeling much peace in life. And yet I don't want us to, to, to uh, not grasp this from the very beginning of this passage of what it says here in the first two verses. Do not forget the teaching But to let your heart, it's something that's inside, it's something that's going to penetrate who you are, your being, to keep the commandments. And it says, for length of days and years of life, for a long life and peace, they will add to you if you'll keep the commandments of God. 
And as we work through this passage, you're going to see more and more this cause and effect with this. You're going to read something and it's going to say this, and if you do this, then this. And so as you go through this, and as you are reading through this this morning, I want you to remember that as we, as we go through, that there's, there's this idea that if you will do things the way God wants you to do them, if you'll keep the commands of the Lord, then these things will happen to you. Now, now let's, now let's uh, skip uh, down to uh, the next verse there, verse 3. It says, let not steadfast love and faithfulness forsake you. Let not steadfast love and faithfulness forsake you. Now, there's this uh, passage of Scripture in Galatians uh, that is called the fruit of the Spirit. And what the fruit of the Spirit is, it is evidences of God's Spirit working and moving and being lived out in your life. And so the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And it's interesting to know that right here in, in the book of Proverbs, in verse 3, it says, let not what? Steadfast love, which is on the, the Holy Spirit list there, and faithfulness, which is also on that list, forsake you. Don't let those things be taken away from you. You need to live and walk in those ways all the days of your life. This is the desire of God in your life, is that you would walk in these ways. And then he goes a step further, and he says, we're going to bind them around your neck, steadfast love and faithfulness to God. We're going to bind them around your neck. We're going to write them on the tablet of your heart. You see, it gives us this idea that it's going to be with us. If you're binding something to yourself, that means it's really going to be with you a lot. And you bind it around your neck so you would see it every time you would look down, or you would even feel the weight of it, you would see it there. We're going to bind, bind these uh, qualities around your neck. You're going to write them on the tablet of your heart. So it's just not something that you do, but it becomes who you are. And if you think about it for a moment, isn't that a person that you would admire? Isn't that a person that you would look up to? And isn't that perhaps a person that you would want to spend more time with? Someone who exudes steadfast love? Someone who exudes faithfulness. I mean, you think about the church and you, you think about other Christians. Those are probably people that you want in your life and the people that you would look up to. Is, is someone who exudes love. Someone who is just steadfast in their love. And, and it doesn't really matter what you do to them. You know that they're always going to love you. And then they're going to love you in a way that's unconditional, agape type of love. The love that Christ and God himself has for us. That it was that type of love that that person will love you with. And it's a very attractive quality. And then you talk about faithfulness. Faithfulness, I think, is something rare today. We just don't see it much. And when we see a person that is faithful to the Lord, you, you, you probably have somebody that popped in your mind and it's like, man, when I think of the, that, that person, that guy, or when I think of that lady, you know, I think of someone who is faithful to the Lord. And it's all the time, in, in all of their ways, they are faithful to the Lord. It doesn't matter what happens, they're still faithful to the Lord. It doesn't matter if they're tempted to go this way or that way. They're going to stay on the straight and narrow way. They're going to stay on the path of righteousness. And they're going to obey the commands of God. Because why? Because they are faithful to the Lord. Steadfast love and faithfulness. Bind them. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Here's what I want us to, to begin to understand this morning. The key to a life full of God's best is obedience to His Word. The key to a life that is full of God's best is obedience to his word. That we would actually know the word of God and we'd actually do the word of God because there's a blessing that comes from that. 
And, and before we get to uh, the rest of our passage this morning, I want us to just pause and to just acknowledge that, that the Bible is a great thing to have. And, and, and I will be the first to admit, I am not a good Bible memorization person. I have struggled with that my whole life. When you go to Bible college and you study to be um, a pastor, um, that is something that you are expected to do is memorize a lot. You have to memorize a lot. And, and I'm just not very good at that. I was in a class my sophomore year of Bible college called Life of Christ. Two-semester class because... You know, I mean, you really need like four years of that class. I mean, it was, it was awesome. But you're going through all that Jesus did, all that he said, all of his miracles, all of his teachings in two semesters. It was amazing. But the catch for life of Christ and the fear and intrepidation that came upon you as a freshman as you were signing up for your sophomore classes was this. The biggest part of a grade that first semester was you were going to memorize the Sermon on the Mount. If you know the Sermon on the Mount, it's in Matthew's Gospel, chapters 5, 6, and 7. And you had to memorize that, and that was like a test, and that was 50% of your grade for that semester, was you memorizing the Sermon on the Mount. So if you're a person that struggles with memory work, you're like, ah, but it was actually a little harder than that. Let me just be honest. What was hard about it is you had to memorize it, but you couldn't go to the professor for the test and be like, you know, and Jesus went on the mountainside, and he sat down, and he began teaching the disciples, saying, blessed are the poor in spirit, for there is the kingdom of heaven. No, you had to write it down. You literally had 90 minutes of writing. And you had to have, the, the, the guy, the way that he graded it was every word had to be spelled correctly. Uh, we, did, we studied the NIV, uh, the New International Version, so that's the way I memorized it. You had to, you had to, every word had to be right. The punctuation, every comma and period, he would take, you know, just a little, you know, eighth of a point off for this. And he had some point system for the whole thing. And, uh, but, I mean, it was really daunting for me because I'm one that struggles. But through the years, I began to really appreciate it. The more I read the Word of God, the more I meditate on the Word of God, the more the memory is easy for me and it comes easier for me. And it is good to have Scripture on total recall because you get into situations in life. Okay, so let's go to Matthew chapter 5. It's great when you are tempted to not be a light and to sit on your hands when you need to stand for something in life. It's good to have total recall on Scriptures like Matthew chapter 5, verses 13 through 16. It's good to have things like that that are memorized and that you take to heart. Because when you get in those circumstances where you're tempted and you're not wanting to be a light into the world, that scripture is there to convict you. That scripture is there to encourage you. When Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount in that passage, he said, you're the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled by men. And then he went on and he said, you're the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither, the, neither do people light, light a candle and stick it under a bowl. No, instead they, they take it and they put it on its stand. It gives light to everyone in the house. In that same way, let your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. You see, when you memorize that, and it's on total recall, and you get in these situations and circumstances in life where you're like, man, I'm really being tempted to not shine my light here, and you have something like that that's just on recall, there's really high value to knowing and understanding the Word of God. And that's why we want to be a church of the Bible. We want to be a church of the Word of God, and I want us to be Christians of the Word of God because that's what we're called to be. And if you want to know God's will for your life, and you want to know, does God want me to do this or this? I would say 98% of the time, you're going to find it in here. When you read and you understand and you know the Word of God, you will read and understand and know the mind of God and the will of God in your life. And I know sometimes it's hard, and I'm not a good memorizer. I will admit it to you. 
But the more I read the scriptures and the more I get those passages like Matthew 5, 13 through 16 and total recall, the more valuable it is to my life because God can inject that through his spirit at any time into my mind and it convicts the heart in those moments. And so that's why we're called to live a life that is steadfast in love and faithfulness. Don't forsake those things. Bind them, write them on the tablet of your heart. And then look what it says in verse 4 because you know we're pragmatic. We're American Christians here, right? What's in it for me? Right? If I obey the Lord and, and I live in steadfast love and faithfulness and I don't forsake those things and I bind them and I really work hard, but there's a wonderful blessing that comes with this in verse 4. It says, so you will find favor and success in the sight of God and man. That you'll find favor. It doesn't just say success. It says that you will find favor and find good success in the sight of God and man. Finding favor. That's what you want with the almighty God of the universe, Right? The God that made everything, the God that has all power, the God that has all knowledge, isn't that, isn't he the one you want a relationship with? And isn't he the one you want to find favor with? Because you could find favor with me, right? I mean, you could become a really good friend of mine and you could find favor with me, but what am I able to really bestow upon you? What am I able to to really give to you? And, And what power do I have? What knowledge do I really have? It's seemingly nothing compared to God. Just by the fact you're here this morning, I imagine that when you come to church, that's one of the things you're seeking is to find favor and good success with God. But isn't it interesting in that verse 4 that it doesn't stop there in the sight of God. It says, and man. It's like an addition there, a plus. That you're going to find favor and good success in the sight of God plus man. And you may say, well, now wait a minute. If, if I live a life of steadfast love and faithfulness, and I'm faithful to the word of Scripture, there's a lot in our culture and our world right now that's not going that way. And culture would scream at me to be tolerant. Just tolerate the sinfulness here. Just tolerate the darkness here. Just tolerate those things. And that's the highest value. And that's how you'll have good success and favor with man. But that Actually, the opposite is true. I think what, what, what he's talking about here, he's talking about seeing someone who is really loving and truly faithful to the, to the Lord is someone that you want to talk to. I mean, you think about it. If you're at work and you're having a problem, whether it be you know, a financial situation that you're into, uh, maybe a relational problem, your, your boyfriend or your girlfriend, someone you're dating, uh, maybe it's, it's something in your marriage if you're married, uh, may, maybe it's just a situation you're, you're with, you don't like this coach on your kid's team, and you're debating whether I'm going to go talk to them or not going to go talk to them, or I need to confront this, or I'm really struggling with this, or I have this physical thing. Whatever you're struggling with, you know, if you are thinking about someone at work that you would want to talk to, do you want to talk to the person that's out like just living this wild lifestyle that seems to have no direction in life and they're all they're having a great time but they're a mess is that who you want to go seek advice from or what about the person with steadfast love and faithfulness to the Lord who are you going to go seek some godly advice and wisdom from it's amazing how even atheists in their moment of need will reach out to a Christian And it's an attractive quality. And that's what he's talking about here is that you're going to find favor and good success in the sight of God and man because of that steadfast love and that faithfulness that you're living out. Because you're obeying and you're walking in the way. The way that Jesus wants us to. The way that God intends. And then we get to verse 5 and 6. Verse 5 and 6, what everybody loves, what you're probably familiar with. Great passage of Scripture. But do you actually live it? 
That's the question this morning. Are you actually, I guess you'd say, all in on this? Look what it says. Verse 5, trust in the Lord. To actually trust in the Lord. And it says, with all of your heart. And notice that it doesn't say with half of your heart. It doesn't say with, well, with some of your heart. Trust in the Lord with some of your heart. That's good enough. No, there's no half-hearted following of Jesus. Because if you leave half of your heart to Jesus, the other half to Satan, there's this battle that's going on for your heart and your soul, for your attention and your desire and your life's direction your whole life. That's why the writer says, trust in the Lord with all of your heart. And then look at the next part of verse 5 there. It says, and do not lean on your own understanding. Because see, there's the problem, right? Us humans, that's our fallback. We're going to lean on our own understanding. God's not moving in the timing that I wanted Him to move. He's not operating in the way I thought He would. He's not answering my prayers the way I'd hoped He he would and the way I'd been praying. And so because of that, because I'm not fully understanding, and because I'm impatient, what do you do? You go back, you fall back. I'm going to lean on my own understanding. I'm going to do it my own way. I'm going to go my own way in life here. I'm going to quit leaning on God's understanding and understanding that He knows everything. And I'm actually going to take a step back here. And I'm just going to lean back to my own understanding. And for some of you, I'd say, how's that working for you? And you know. And we're not here to condemn you this morning. We're not, not here to shame you in some way this morning. But really, are you obeying the Lord? Are you living and following His ways faithfully? Are you trusting Him with all of your heart? And not a half-hearted followership, but with all of your heart. And when those times and seasons come, and they will come, because Jesus said, in this world you will have trouble. When the trouble comes, are you going to lean not on your own understanding and lean on the understanding of the Almighty God? And then look what it says in the next verse. Verse 6. In all of your ways... Acknowledge Him. There it is again, all in, right? I mean, verse 5, trust the Lord with all of your heart. Verse 6, in all of your ways, not in some of your ways, not in half of your ways. For some of you, it's 10%. 90% is with the Lord. It's that one thing. Think about it this morning. What is the one thing that's holding you back right now? What is that one thing that if you could just surrender that fully to God? If you could just trust Him in that area. Maybe for many of you, it's finances. Because Jesus says in the last days, people will be lovers of themselves and lovers of money. Maybe for you that's it. It's like, I'm 90% in. I'm 90% in everything with the Lord, but I don't know about finances. I don't know if I can trust Him. I I know He says He wants me to tithe, to give Him the first fruits. I mean, that's what it says in part of this passage we're not getting to this morning. If you jump down there to verse 9, he begins to talk about that as the next step. He says, honor the Lord with the wealth and with the first fruits of all your produce. You're supposed to be giving him a gift of your, of your produce, of your, of your earnings first thing. Is that the area? Maybe it's some other area. Maybe it's just what you do on the internet. Everything else in your life is lining up, but it's just when you get online, you have this tendency to be tempted and you find yourself somewhere where you didn't need to be. And no, maybe it's not you know, you know, that you're seeing something bad online or, or something vulgar online. Maybe it's that Facebook chat. That you're having with someone of the opposite sex that you know, I shouldn't be, this is not. I'm really beginning to wonder, but whatever it is, what is that little thing? But it says, all your ways acknowledge him, and then it says what? And he will make straight your paths. He will make straight your paths. What does that mean exactly? Another translation would say that he will make 
your way easy, that He will show you the way. A couple verses that came to mind when I was studying this, and if you have your Bible in your Proverbs 3, just turn back to the book of Psalms. It's the book right before. And if you go to uh, Psalms uh, chapter uh, 91 and verse 11, uh, this is what it says, Psalm 91 verse 11. It says, For He will command His angels concerning you to guard you in all of your ways. Now you say, well, what kind of person does he do that? And, and in, the, in the passage above there in, in, in chapter 91 of Psalms, he's is, is talking about that God is my refuge and God is my fortress and I'm going to put my faith and my trust in Him. If you jump up to verse 9, it says, Because you have made the Lord your dwelling place, your safe house, because the Most High, who is my refuge, then it says, For He will command His angels concerning you to guard you in all of your ways. He will make your paths Straight. I thought of another one, and if you go back to Proverbs and you turn over to uh, Proverbs chapter 10, verse 9, it says this, Whoever walks in integrity, which would be the ways of the Lord, whoever walks in integrity walks securely, but he who makes his ways crooked will be found out. Which way do you want to walk in life? You walk in the way of the Lord. And how do you do that? In all your ways. Everybody say that. In all your ways. In all your ways. Acknowledge Him. And He will make straight your paths. And then it kind of goes back in verse 7 to the fallback. It says, be not wise in your own eyes. <laughs> we think we know sometimes, right? It's like, God, you can have control. And then about three seconds later, it's like, God, let me take control back. Okay, 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 okay. God, God, God all right, you take control. I'm going to be over here. You're going to be over there. You're in control. God, I'm yielding everything to you. And then this time, 30 seconds later, we're like, okay, God, I'm going to need that back because trust in the Lord with all your heart. In all your ways, acknowledge Him. And then it says there in that next verse, be not wise in your own eyes. And then it says to fear the Lord and turn away from evil. That word fear there gives us this idea of reverence. So it's not like, oh, I'm you know, scared of God. It's just I have a healthy reverence for the Lord because He's the master of the universe. He created everything. He created me. He has all the power, all the might, all the glory, all the knowledge. You see, so many times I think in life we have this low view of God. We have this tendency to just lower our view of God. We need to have an elevated, a raised view of God in our lives. We need to have a high view of God. You read throughout Scripture, that's the, the way people saw God. They had a fear of the Lord. They had a reverence for the Lord because God was the God of the universe and they knew it. And they knew He had the power to strike them down in an instant. And they knew that because He created us, that we are all on borrowed time, and it's His timing. He's the giver of life. He's the one that's going to eventually take our life someday. That's not left to chance. And it says here that we're not going to be wise in our own eyes, but we're going to revere the Lord. And then look what it says, to turn away from evil. We're not going to get caught up in the evil of the world. We're going to turn away from evil. We're going to obey the Lord, and we're going to revere the Lord. There's one of the things I want you to understand this morning is when we put God in His ways first, the other parts of our lives fall into place. When we put God and His ways first in our lives, the other parts of our lives fall into place. 
mean, that's what it's saying here. Trust in Him with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all of your ways, acknowledge Him, and He will make your, straight your paths, and He will direct you in the way that you should go, direct your paths. And if you do that and you feel obey the Lord, look what it says in verse 8. I mean, who doesn't want this? It will be healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones. Walking in the ways of the Lord. It's like a healing balm to your flesh. It is like refreshment to your bones from deep down inside yourself. The Lord is working. And when you're obeying Him, and when you really trust Him in all of your ways, when you really acknowledge Him in all of your ways, when you submit to Him, with all of your heart, it says that He will direct your paths. He will make straight your paths in life and lead you. And then you're a follower of the way. You see, I think a lot of people, they want that relationship with Jesus Christ for eternal fire insurance. You know, it's kind of like he's our insurance policy. You know, it's it's just so I make sure I don't um, go to hell. And so, yes, I'm going to do this. But the proof that you actually made that decision, that he is actually not only the Savior, your Savior, but he's your Lord, is fleshed out in obedience to his word. It's actually lived out every day. That you would come to me and say, you know, I'm a follower of Jesus Christ now. You know, I'm cheating on my wife a little bit. And, you know, I, I, I do this, and I, I've, I've got a perverted mind, and I've, I really struggle with my mouth sometimes, and I I'm do this, and I do this. And it's like none of that is lining up with the Lord. And I would challenge you and say, are you really trusting the Lord and obeying Him? That's really what it boils down to. And that's kind of what I want to close with this morning, is do you really trust Him? And if you do, then do you really obey Him? Because there's this submission that happens. There's this humbling of ourselves and giving ourselves over to the Lord. And it's a blessing. It's how you receive the spiritual blessings from the Lord. is to obey Him, to walk in His ways. And it's not only just in the spiritual realm, it's in, it's in the earthly and the fleshly realm as well. I mean, if you live God's way, it is the best way to live. And there's actually physical things that happen in your life that are actually really, really good because you've been living on his principles. You've been walking in his ways. You've taken his advice on how to treat your wife. You've taken his advice on marriage. You've taken his advice on relationships. You've taken his advice on how to manage your household well for him, how how to manage your finances. You've done all of that. And it's because of that, it's because you've chosen to submit yourself to him that he says, hey, Walk in my ways. I'm going to direct your paths. I'm going to make straight your paths now. Jesus said something about the path. He said, wide is the way. Wide is the road that leads to destruction. And many find it. But narrow is the way. And narrow is the road that leads to life. Let's be honest. It's easier to go and to choose the wide way but that's not God's will for you in Christ Jesus. And if you're here this morning, you say, well, hi, I'm a believer. I'm a Christian. I've been a Christian my whole life. 
But I want to go back to what is the area where you're not trusting and obeying God? What is the one thing? What is your one thing? That one thing that just seems to be holding you back from being all in. Because when you read this scripture uh, and you say trust in the Lord with all your heart, you, be honest. Some of you got to change it up. You gotta, trust in the Lord with some of your heart. Trust in the Lord with 75% of your heart. When it says, in all your ways acknowledge Him, some of you, in some of my ways I acknowledge Him, not in all my ways. I always think it's funny, uh, songs that we sing, uh, the song we used to sing in church was a song, Have Thine Own Way, Lord, Have Thine Own Way. I always thought, you know, can you really sing that? I, I mean, sometimes I remember as a kid, I'd laugh and change words on songs. and be like, have my own way, Lord, have my own way. Sometimes we sing that song, I Surrender All. Uh, we still sing that song sometimes today. And, and uh, we sing, I Surrender All. And I was like, man, are we just like being liars when we sing that? It's like, let's be honest, you know, I surrender some, I surrender part. But to surrender all, but that's what God wants. Trust Him with all your heart in all of your ways. Acknowledge Him. Know Him. Know Him in His ways. He's going to direct you in this life that is so rich and so full of blessing. You should not be able to contain it. But you have to walk in His ways. And you choose obedience. Now, if you're a person this morning that you're like, well, man, I'm far away from that. I messed up. Messed up a long time ago. I've been walking in my mess up for months, maybe years. I'm just, I'm, I've just messed it up. It's not too late. It's the reason the gospel is called good news. If you're still breathing, it's not too late. Jesus loves you and wants to show you a way back to Him. That first step is by putting your faith in Him. By trusting Him to be the Savior of your life. But then, He wants to also be Lord. He wants to be the Master. He wants to be the Boss. He wants to be your Heavenly Father, your spiritual Daddy. And you do what your Father says because he loves you and he wants to lead you and he wants to direct your paths and to make them straight will you choose to do that this morning let's pray